Welcome one and all to another fascinating episode of The Partial Historians. I would be one Dr. Radford. And I would be Dr. Greenfield. Now, Dr. G, where are we venturing this fine day or oh, night, depending dark on Dark territory, very dark territory. I think when we left you last, we were sort of at the tail end of the year of the four emperors, mm. 69. And what a year. Oh, what a year. Phew, glad we're through that. Uh, the Roman citizenry... A collective sigh. Whew. It's over. It's Fire. over. It's over. Sigh relief. So, so what happens next? Vespasian. Uh, that's what happens next. Or, I suppose we should be calling him what? Vespasian. 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 But it sounds oh, like we uh, have a speech impediment, so yeah. I'm not going to do that. Sounds, <laughs> sounds a little bit strange. No, it's kind of funny because this is a period that we're probably, as a society. We're probably less familiar with the Flavians than we should be. Well, because there's so many memorable stuff. There's like so much memorable stuff that comes out of this period. And yet they're not the guys we generally see swanning about on film. They're not very <laughs> exciting. No, but you know, there's like the Colosseum and you know. Stable rule. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Arch of Titus. I've walked through Unattractive that. visage. Vespasian's <laughs> hardly a looker. That's true. That's true. He's an old man, really. Disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, and worse still, I think the Romans are a little bit at a loss as well. Yeah. Uh, Vespasian's not from Latium, the, the area directly around what, Rome. What, what, what are um, you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking geography, my dear. <laughs> geography, pure geography. An emperor from outside <laughs> this area? Outside the city, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's almost enough to make you poo your pants. Yeah. Um, or your taker. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Get that soiled affrontery out of here. <laughs> Titus Flavius Vespasianus. Mm. Uh, born in the Sabine region. Oh my Shock, God. horror. Sabines. <laughs> I know. Didn't I mean... we rape them to found the city? Exactly. <laughs> I think they are quite once and for all put down after that. Um, yeah. No, well, the Sabines still exist. Yeah. Um, it turns out that it's not very far away from Latium. Yeah. Uh, it's like the next state over. Yeah. Um, but still. That's like being a foreigner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so nobody knows much about his family because, well, who would follow the family lines of the Sabines? Totes. Uh, Very yeah. uninteresting, yeah. Yeah, so the Romans themselves are sort of like a bit confused and they spend a lot of time putting together a narrative of what is Vespasian's background. Well, I suppose the other thing is, I mean, when we're talking about our sources, um, the thing that makes it a bit trickier for us is that there's so much less compared to others. Like, Tacitus hmm. says really not much after the first couple of years <laughs> of Vespasian's rule, apart from, yeah. like, the odd, the odd, you know, bit here or there in other things like the Agricola and that sort of thing. They're really saving themselves for the controversy yeah. later on, <laughs> exactly, I think. Exactly, yeah. And then Suetonius... Far less gossipy than usual, which is very <laughs> which is weird. It's a relatively short life yeah. for somebody who rules for ten years. Well, and I mean, as far as we can tell, Suetonius was probably a teenager during you know Domitian's rule, and Domitian's one of Vespasian's sons. So, you know, you'd think he'd have a little bit more source material. Is this an indication of just how boring this period? I think it might be. I think it might be. Anyway, brace yourselves, guys. Bored. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's uh, that's your lead into the twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Prepare to be thrilled. We're, we're going to cut it down for you so that it becomes <laughs> far more interesting. What is most interesting, I think, about Vespasian's background is that he comes from a soldier family. Yes, yes, and and as you as we mentioned last time, he brings himself up by his own bootstraps. Yeah, yeah. He becomes a general in his own right, working through a military career essentially. Yes. 
Um, his his career is a little bit undistinguished. Un- <laughs> um, yeah, we can't date a lot of his stuff. Uh, we know that he he took the toga of Aurelius around about. 2526 AD. He's born in about 9 AD, so that makes relative sense. Um, but and we have this interesting story from Suetonius about his mother having to sort of bully him <laughs> into he becoming to be a philosopher. Yeah, <laughs> he wrote was... books, mom. His mom had to be like, "Fifteen, you'll probably be a senator for some time now." <laughs> I think you should go into I've politics. I've wanted to get a with a broad purple stripe, not a narrow purple stripe. <laughs> this is a new low, even for you. This voice is yeah. terrible. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's only short this one, don't <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so he doesn't seem super politically... No, <laughs> no. He sort of doggedly goes into it because he seems to be harassed to do so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and things aren't going great for him. Uh, so he becomes an adult under sort of Tiberius. And he's hanging around. He becomes a military tribune. Goes to Thrace, we think. Mm, um, Spartacus land. Yeah, sometime in the <laughs> late twenties, um, probably uh, working under a governor there called and, Sabinus, uh, I, 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 which I, might be a family connection. Ooh, yeah, mm. interesting. Mm. Or might not be. <laughs> might just be a winky dink. But um, he, like many people, I suppose, during this period with you know Caligula and Claudius and that sort of thing. Lay there, low, guys. Lay yeah, low. there does seem to be that indication that you know he's in and out. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned before, I think my favourite story about uh, when Vespasian had either mud thrown on him or was thrown into mud or something by Caligula, who was just pleased with his job of keeping the streets clean. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, this is when Vespasian becomes Adar. Yes, yes. So he's in charge of public events. Yeah, and then you also have. Um, during the reign of Claudius, um, him being associated with one of Claudius's freedmen, mm. you know, the, the powerful freedmen that we once talked about, um, Narcissus. And once Narcissus falls from power, he sort of has to lie low because <laughs> he's not in Agrippina's good books, apparently. Yeah, apparently, yeah. 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 We, we get the suggestion that he's very much playing the factional politics yeah. of the period. So there's periods where he's in favour and he's with the right faction, and there's periods where it's like, oh, just don't mention my name at yeah. the party. It's so but full credit to him fine. that he actually does manage to sort of, you know... <laughs> he does seem to fly his way yeah, through the exactly. dangers. But then again, would he really be high on their radar at this point in time with his... Well, it's of... interesting because the Adal ship is really the the first really big stepping stone in his career. He was a quaestor in yeah. Italy, but Adal is much more prestigious and it's the next step on the Cursus Honorum. And he gains that scraping through yes uh, he's the last candidate through and it's the second time he's gone for the position as well so <laughs> best yeah you know he's really you know uh, if there's factional politics at play he's not in a good place at that point in time yeah but surprisingly he has a bit of a turnaround when he goes for the praetorship yeah and this is about 39.40 and he is the first candidate through and it's the first time he's gone for ah uh, amazing I know. <laughs> Talking to the right people. Yeah, so he does make a turnaround uh, between the Adolf ship and the Proto ship. What does this mean? Nobody well, I guess knows. he got back in Caligula's good books somehow. <laughs> or, I don't know, maybe Caligula was just yeah. not interested in that point in time. <laughs> I'm not interested in flinging mud at you right now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, he proposes additional games to celebrate Caligula's success in Germany. That sounds like a good move. On yeah, that's smooth. Yeah, because <laughs> we all know what those 
those uh, successes in Germany were like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Back when you're off in a Caligula, love the games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he distinctly goes, he switches very much into a solid military career at, at this point in time. Mm. A, a praetorship is a military position essentially anyway. Yeah. Um, but he ends up becoming a legate, hanging out in Germany himself, and going to Britain. Ah, uh, yes, Britannia. Is this when he was under the leadership of Aulus Plautius? Mm. <laughs> the invasion of In, Aulus. Indeed. <laughs> Claudius, we probably, I don't know if we... Yeah, I think we did mention that Claudius um, did take quite a keen interest in Britannia during yes. his rule. In fact, that's, uh, I think we mentioned that was why he had you know, his son sort of known by the name Britannicus, because Claudius <laughs> got that honorary title due to his uh, wild successes. And I'm using quotation marks here <laughs> wild wild <laughs> um, during that and you know it's under Claudius that he actually Vespasian actually gets the consulship isn't it eventually yeah so he wins a Suffolk consulship so the less prestigious of the two yeah uh, he doesn't name the year um, but this is what late 51 yeah yeah I think about 51 yeah exactly and so, then there's a massive lull in the career and this is where it seems that Narcissus the Agrippina yeah exactly yeah exactly if that's coming into play that's now yeah yeah exactly so he has to sort of lay low <laughs> and yeah keep his keep his head down which again he seems to have done reasonably successfully yeah well yeah. full credit to him yeah well after Agrippina dies ah un- yes under mysterious circumstances yeah um, he can he... start to research <laughs> his career a little bit yeah he yeah. gains himself a proconsulship in Africa nice ta <laughs> everybody wants one of those yes Africa's the place to go and he seems it's here that he actually seems to conduct himself with quite in like quite a lot of integrity, isn't it? Because he doesn't apparently sort of come back from his proconsulship that rich. <laughs> you generally, like, if you were going to be, you know... If you were going to exploit exactly. your position, that yeah. would be the place to do it. Exactly, yeah. During your proconsulship is really your time to, you know, clean up for, for some people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tax farming. Cha-ching! Yeah, yeah. But, but no, Seemingly not. not. Yeah, mm. so... Yeah. At least not enough to warrant any notice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he, of course... I mean, being Vespasian... Gotta love Vespasian because he does do. Oh, here of, we go. Yeah, do it, I? Yeah, exactly. Classic gossip story from Suetonius, which <laughs> I love. Here we go. The fact that Vespasian managed to fall out with Nero a little bit because while Nero was apparently singing, he fell asleep, which you know, <laughs> big no Because Nero, as we know, prided himself of being somewhat the artiste. Oh yeah, <laughs> no one would fall asleep in my performances. No, no, exactly. Um, so that probably wasn't a wise move, yeah. but it doesn't seem to have really. I find these stories interesting because to me they're part of they seem part of an extended rhetoric of how do you position Vespasian, yeah, or indeed any politician who's under these sorts of characters, yes. and make it out alive. And then come into the power themselves. Exactly. Um, yeah. Obviously, Vespasian had to curry favour with Nero. There's no doubt about it. You don't get a proconsulship by yeah. being on the bad side. Of exactly. Nero. Yeah. Uh, but the idea that Vespasian uh, would get along with Nero uh, would—they don't a- seem like likely friends. Would, yeah, <laughs> but would be a willing political yeah. sort of follower. Yes. Uh, in the right faction to be pro Nero. Yes. Uh, is a bit of a problem, and this is going to be something that rhetorically becomes a huge issue in the literature as we move further and further away uh, from the Julio-Claudians is this idea that you have to apologise for actually yeah. surviving. The survivor guilt. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you survive? Yeah. What did you do to yeah. <laughs> You naughty. There naughty. is a chain of suspicion that sort of lingers over somebody. And so this rhetoric goes 
goes the other way. It's like, yes, he was hanging out with Nero. Yes, he was listening to the singing. But you know he fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and he totally pissed Nero off. Yeah. And then he had to retire to a cottage yeah. that was like on the outskirts of the town and Nero wasn't talking to him anymore. And it was a well, big deal. It totally plays into the, the idea that obviously he was also in Agrippina's bad books. Mm. You know, that whole idea as well. I mean, it, it is tempting to believe that this is some... Yeah, wider. Yeah. yeah, and he kind of been that out of favour with Nero because no. in 66 there's the Jewish revolt and Nero's like, well, Vespasian, I send you. And now you could see that as a punishment, I suppose. Uh, but it turns out to be a good thing for Vespasian's career to yeah. go to Judea. Yeah, exactly. It gives him the military clout. Yeah. Um, and he has like seemingly reasonable success oh, yeah. dealing with this. You well, know. that's where yeah. he starts to launch his campaign for... Uh, the imperial position from the fall. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to attempt the purple. Yeah, <laughs> I know I'm far away, guys. Just wait. And that's where I says we also get these amusing stories in Suetonius. Um, you know, in this sort of uh, lead-up period hmm. of uh, yeah, portents of Vespasian was destined to. <laughs> Ooh, goody. Yeah. yeah, hit me with some of those. Yeah, exactly. These sort of Jesus-like <laughs> stories of Vespasian healing people. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Like, touch, like his touch being enough to cure them. Yeah. Which... Well, you've got to have something to compensate for the fact that you're not from a fancy family. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And Vespasian himself, I mean, it, 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 because he's not from that background, Vespasian himself, when people are egging him on to like touch these people and heal them, he's like, <laughs> no, no, I couldn't, I couldn't, I mustn't. Okay, ding. Oh, my God. <laughs> you forced me to touch these people and now they're cured. Yeah. I don't really, even know what to do with this. Really, fella. I have to rule now. <laughs> Um, so, yes, yeah, so we, we talked about the fact that um, the armies from the east mm-hmm. uh, back Vespasian's claim. They do, yeah. they do. He manages to get them together. Um, he's proclaimed Imperator from Egypt, of all places. Well, uh, you know. <laughs> it happens. Um, but, you know, he does work the what appears to be the Eastern Bloc uh, together and manage, he enters Rome in late December, just before our Christmas. Ah. <laughs> it's a shame we're not having this episode at Christmas time. I know. Yeah? Um, and that's when he, he has a, a Celebrate triumph. Celebrate Saturnalia in style. Indeed. Vespasian's I'm here. back in town, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Would you let me touch you? I could cure yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> what a gift. It's what in a the, gift. It's in the stars. No. <laughs> he has a bit of a triumph, doesn't he, when he gets back? I should hope so. Yeah, over the Jew. I mean, I'm sorry. That sounds <laughs> oh wrong. no! Yeah, no, no. Yeah. no well, not just yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, over the, because of his victories in Judea, you know, triumphing over the Jews, he has his he has his little triumph. Mm. Uh, you know, what a good way to usher in a reign. <laughs> yeah, one of the most significant aspects of Vespasian's rule, and and something that scholars have particularly latched onto, mm. is. The Lex de Imperio Vespasiane. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Do tell. Do tell. <laughs> well, sounds very complicated well, and Latin like. This, this is the law of all laws, really. Yeah. Uh, we've now got this formalized system for recognizing imperial power. Nice. If you like. So the law on Vespasian's imperium. And this is necessitated by the fact that, well. It's a new dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no Julia Claudians. You can't just inherit things anymore. Yeah. What so we need you... to get the package together in a yeah. formal. Yeah, let's put the package way. together, guys. Yeah. <laughs> let's call in the lawyers. Let's just lay it all out yeah. in the open. This is what you need. <laughs> We're happy to give it to you. It's <laughs> great. It's got all sorts of clauses in it. And interesting references to particular 
previous emperors, as some are more favoured than others. Yeah. There's a real emphasis on the deified Claudius being able... Uh, sorry, the deified Augustus being mm-hmm. able to do what he was able to do. Big so surprise, yeah. The original and the yeah, best. Exactly, yeah. No one ever quite lives <laughs> up to him. <laughs> Tiberius tends to get favourable mention as well, things that Tiberius well, did. of course he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't believe you ever... Not deified, but, you know, but, you know... Whatever. Quite... Quite respected. Caligula came after him. You can't <laughs> expect anything. Any miracles. Well, Tiberius, Claudius, Caesar, Augustus, Germanicus sounds a little bit like Caligula to me, but maybe <laughs> not. Uh, but yeah, we get like all sorts of provisions. So everything that was kind of assumed is now laid out. Um, things from as great as, you know, he can make treaties if he wants to with anybody he likes. Yeah. Uh, which seems like reasonable. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to, <laughs> exciting, to exciting powers that uh, we knew were there but weren't entirely sure about. Things like extending the boundaries of the pomerium, mm. the sacred yeah, uh, boundary area. of the city. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is supposed to sort of increase or fluctuate with the population. Nice. Yeah. And yeah, all sorts of things. Uh, and that whatever was done before the passage of this law has been done, executed, decreed, and ordered uh, by the empresses of Aspasian Augustus or by anyone at his order or mandate, these things shall be legal and valid. Nice. So, dude, retrospective sort of consideration. So, whatever yeah. you did before. <laughs> Blank slate, wife clean. 69 yeah. was a bad year, guys. Yeah. I don't think we can emphasize this enough. And move on. <laughs> Even the lawyers are willing to say, you did whatever you needed to do to get through that. Well, this is the other thing, I suppose, it's sort of interesting to consider when it comes to Vespasian, what is he going to do? You know, I mean, presumably, and it seems our sources sort of back this up a little Mm. bit, the state's not exactly shipshape at at first. Oh, there's a lot of debt. Yeah, there needs to be some financial, you know, (laughs) uh, wizardry. I I hear infrastructure projects can be quite good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> buildings. Buildings. Yeah. <laughs> Have you considered buildings? Yeah. Inject the economy with a little bit of, you know, around... The, I'm really not sure how economies work. Well, I'm this sorry, is, guys. I mean, the sources like Suetonius, they seem to be... And even Tassus, they seem to be quite favourably disposed to our old Westphasian. Yes. Um, but one thing that Suetonius sort of picks up on as being a flaw of his mm. is his sort of avarice, I suppose you could say. <laughs> the grasping, perhaps. And even Suetonius um, admits that maybe this is because of necessity. A little bit to be yeah. expected, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, the fact that, you know, The state's not in good shape. And, yeah, exactly. Like, come on, guys. Give the guy a break. He's, Nero did spend a lot of money. Yeah, and then you also had civil war for a whole freaking year. <laughs> come on. <laughs> a what? Yeah, exactly. Um, and Vespasian really does seem to come in and try and put things to rights. He holds a consulship quite a few times after he becomes Yeah, we get this really (laughs) solid block of consulships. Yeah. And and this is something that distinguishes Vespasian's career out from previous emperors. Mm. Um, Perhaps part of the necessity of establishing your claim to legitimacy. Yeah, especially since the person he tends to share these with a lot is Titus, his his son. His gorgeous son. Exactly, yeah. 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 And also Domitian, his other son, being also a sort of prominent part. Sometimes. Yeah, not as much as Titus, but um, but he's definitely there. Keep it in the yeah. family. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so they totally yeah. locked down on um, the consulship, which is interesting because the consulship under um, the Prince of It so far has very much been about career stepping stones. Yes, exactly. Um, in now, the later stages of the Julia-Claudian period. And now it's sort of been 
taken back into the family. If yes. You like. The family. <laughs> Gotta be part of the family. <laughs> <laughs> I've never really thought of Vespasian as a mafia boss yeah. before, but I suppose he could be. But I, the historians don't spend a lot of detail. No. I think one of the source that probably spends the most time on Vespasian would be uh, Tacitus in his histories. Yes. And it's very sort of ponderous narrative. Um, yeah, it's not it's not the it's most not exciting the thrilling anything. stuff no, no. Um, that you might have come to expect. No, and I mean it says I, something for Tacitus's material, I suppose. Yeah, well that's just it. And as I say, even even Suetonius, I mean, the gossip is oh god, thin on the ground. Um, <laughs> I mean the the most that uh, you know we can sort of do is sort of have a bit of a chortle, I suppose, at Vespasian's expense. Um, because he does seem to have had a good sense of humour. <laughs> um, or at least, you know, at least that was the He does seem to, yeah, the anecdotes that we have yeah. relate to him sort of uh, self-deprecating. Yeah, being sort of, you know, oh, buddy old pal. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm the emperor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, sure, sure. I I healed those children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the idea that his um his sense of humor remains somewhat sort of coarse, I suppose, has reflected his lowly origins. <laughs> yeah. Anyone from the uh, fringes? Goodness me. They yeah. Pop it, don't they? But and the thing is, I suppose that I find interesting is that he's not recorded as being someone who's particularly vengeful. Hmm. You know, I mean, you'd think that maybe with all this uh, concern with you. Yeah. Everything <laughs> that maybe he would be really clamping down on like enemies of the state or whatever. And I'm using air quotes again. <laughs> well, whatever. Like because please, of the previous please. the flesh rabbits. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Easter. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, this idea that maybe with all the civil war, you'd be wanting to you know get rid of some people. The fact that you are from a, a you know fairly unestablished. Family is, you know, as far as families go, and maybe you want to clamp down a bit. But he he's seems not to like be, that. he seems to be cooperative. Yeah, exactly. Uh, rather than disruptive, um, he seems interested in unity. And to be honest, I think that's probably what Rome is Needs. in the mood for. Yeah, exactly. As and as well, you even have stories about where you know, where people were put to de- death, like um, Helvidius Priscus. Um, the idea that you know Vespasian sort of put this off and then ordered his death and then decided to sort of change his mind but oh damn it he'd already been executed a way to Wouldn't stress you know? people yeah, out yeah. seriously if you're Helvidius Priscus you're like dude what the hell is going on yeah well he sounds like he was asking for it quite frankly but, uh, but yeah so the idea that um, yeah Vespasian was trying to get along with things even in fact apparently even organising this fabulous marriage for the daughter of Vitellius who of course was the dude that you know, that ruled briefly yeah, before yeah. Vespasian <laughs> and giving generous, her this really generous. yeah, giving her this awesome dowry to go along with it. So yeah, it's quite a quite a generous guy. Um and so he does come across as being a really likable person. I mean one of his, I suppose, famous sort of moments is actually on his deathbed where he, he knows he's sick and he knows he's dying and apparently, <laughs> apparently he said something like, Oh, I feel like I'm becoming a god <laughs> Of course, making a joke to the fact that Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. No chortle chortle. Um the idea that the Romans uh, by this stage tended to deify their emperors. <laughs> yeah, and I mean this is the thing, I Vespasian dies a natural death. Yes. And it what? Seemed... <laughs> I know. Halt stop the clock yeah that really I mean that more than anything suggests a nice stable period of exactly war. I mean the fact that it's I mean Tiberius might have died a natural death 
Um, Claudius might have died a natural death. Yeah, but it seems pretty clear cut with Vespasian. Yeah, exactly. But there's there's rumours of assassination and poisoning and whatever. Whereas Vespasian is really the first guy since Augustus (laughs) to to undisputedly die die in old age. (laughs) (laughs) I've ruled for a long time. And isn't it nice that he, again, like Augustus, he's, you know, the first ruler in what is going to be a family dynasty. This seems like circular narrative. I know. <laughs> I just don't know what to make of this Because anymore. he's fairly, as, we, as we've sort of indicated a little bit, I think he's fairly well established his sons. Like, I think he actually comes out and says, doesn't he, that it'll either be my sons or no one. Had him like, it's my... Oh, I <laughs> Wait a minute. Just a minute. Yeah. An example... Allow me to interrupt. Oh, oh please. An example please of Vespasian's yeah. humour. When his son Titus criticised him for putting a tax even on urine, he held up a coin from the first payment to his son's nose and asked him if he was offended by its smell. <laughs> See, jokes like that, they last, they stand the test. Exactly, of I don't care if they're true or not. I like Suetonius for recording them. <laughs> and so I suppose that's a, as good a place as any to wind up. On that note. In a bowl of piss. We'll let you ponder. <laughs> Uh, the philosophical merits of that particular joke. <laughs> and we're going to take a brief hiatus from our Flavian oh, fun. Indeed, indeed we are. To consider one of the more memorable and dramatic events of this period. Dun, dun, dun. What could it be? Find out next episode. 